Let's pray together as we spend some time meditating on God's word. Father, your son is the light of the world. And those who follow him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. They are true words. And do we believe today as we meditate on the scriptures that Jesus, who is the word, will speak to us, uh, that we will know light and will know what it is then to live as your children in your world. So please fill us with the Holy Spirit now that we may see Jesus and hear his voice. Amen. In him was life, and the light was the light for all people. That's a sentence, isn't it, to think about and meditate on, and even in a way to puzzle over. In him was light, in him was life, and the life was the light for all people. It might seem a little bit enigmatic, a bit philosophical, a statement like that. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. John is getting at something really wonderful and very deep. But also something that when you grasp it, your world will be turned upside down. John is telling us, the secret of life in these words. In him was life, and the life was the light for all people. To come to know the secret of life will mean that you have to let go of all other ideas that you have about what life is about. And so when we encounter Jesus, who is this light for all people, when we encounter him, we're faced with a really deep question, aren't we? Will we accept what he's bringing to us? <laughs> will we come into the light or will we prefer darkness? Will we stay there? J John says, in him was life. And he's speaking there, as Shelley said, he's speaking about the eternal word. You heard about that last week, how with God and as God, there's one who is the eternal word. But as the prologue to his gospel goes on, by the end, we find out that this one who is the eternal word is the one who's entered into human history <coughs> in the person of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the one in whom is life, that is the light for all people. What does it mean to say that in the eternal word and in Jesus, that life was in him? What does it mean that life was in him? <laughs> Later in John's Gospel, I find the beginning of John so big and deep. It's kind of like you can almost drown in John 1. 
But what John has done is, I think he's given us statements at the very beginning that he's then going to help us tease out and search out as, as we keep reading through his gospel. If, I don't know if everybody here is a believer in Jesus, but if you weren't and you wanted to find out about Jesus, John's gospel is a really good place to start. But you might find that at the start you think, I don't understand Jesus at all. Well, that would be true. <laughs> that would be true of every one of us. We, we don't in and of ourselves have a way of understanding Jesus. But John, as he goes chapter by chapter by chapter, by the end, he's able to say to us that he's written everything so that we may believe that he is the Son of God and that in believing we may have life in him. And so... Uh, what John does is he takes phrases that are here in the, uh, in the, um, in the prologue and he explores them through the gospel. So we get the, the idea of life and we get the idea of light explored through later on in John. And that helps us as we read them think, oh, that's what he was talking about back there in chapter 1. So in chapter 5, verse 26, John records something that Jesus said. He said, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. So there is a life that's in the Word, a life that's in Jesus. It is actually the, the grant or the gift of the Father to him. The life that is in the Son is the life of his relationship with God his Father. If you think about what life is, I reckon pretty well all of us, eventually if it push came to subs, we would say that, shove, we'd say that life is relationships. That's true. And in the eternal God, the life that is in the eternal God is this relationship of Father and Son and Holy Spirit. But it, John is really telling us about the life that is in the Father, that is in the Son. And so it's about their relationship together. And uh, right through his gospel, he keeps telling us about the relationship of God the Father and, and his Son, his eternal Son. It's a really glorious relationship. Here's some of the things he says. He says, the Father loves the Son. That's pretty wonderful, isn't it? The Father loves the Son. He says that the Son is in the bosom of the Father. He's close to him. He's kind of in his chest. Uh, my version of John 1 at the end says, God, the only begotten God, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. So there's the, the son who's at the Father's side, but it really means close to his chest, <laughs> close to his heart. John tells us that the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he's doing. And that he includes him in everything that he does. We learn through John's Gospel that there's nothing that separates the Father and the Son. It's a beautiful relationship. You, you sh as you read John's Gospel, just keep hearing what, what we're learning about the relationship of the Father and the Son and that is the life that's in Jesus.
That's the life that's in the eternal word of God. In him was life, that life of the Father loving him and him loving the Father. The life of the Father showing him all that he's doing and the Son actively going in obedience into all that the Father is showing him to do. The Father honouring the Son and the Son honouring the Father, the Father giving to the Son and the Son giving back to the Father. That's the life that's in the Word. And that life, John says, is the light of humanity, the light for all people. And here is perhaps the most astounding thing that you will hear all day. I'm pretty sure of that. And also that you'll hear in the whole rest of your life. And I'm pretty sure of that too. This is the most astounding thing you will hear. You've probably heard it already. John is telling us that the life that the eternal son knows with the father is the secret of human life. We've been made, when he says, in him was life, and the life is the light of humanity. We've been made to share in the relationship of the Son of God with his Father. Mind blown. It's, uh, it would make you weep for joy to just think about that, wouldn't it? You know, in the book of Genesis, God made us in his own image. And in the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians, he says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That, is, that, that means then that when we were made in the image of God, we were made to share in the, the, the image of God, who is Jesus. We were made to share in the sonship of Jesus with the Father. So just think about what that means. That means that we were made to know that the Father loves us as he loves the Son. Everything that the Father's doing, he shows to us so that we can share with him in all that he does. We've been made to love the Father as Jesus loves the Father. We've been made to obey the Father as Jesus obeys the Father. Just as the Father honours his Son, he brings honour to us. Just as Jesus lived for the honour of the Father, so we are to live for the honour of the Father. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Don't ever say, I'm only human. To say you're human is to say that you are to have the life of the Son of God in you. You have been made to know the love of God the Father as the Son knows that love. You've been made to be close to the Father as the Son is close to the Father. That song we sang about in tenderness, think about all those things, that's actually where Jesus is taking us in tenderness. He's taking us to the Father. You've been made to see all that the Father's doing and to be included in all he does. You've been made to love the Father. You've been made to obey him and you've been made for all of that not 
just as copiers of Jesus, because how could we do that? <laughs> but rather as sharers, Jesus has come to actually include us in his sonship. In the letter to the Hebrews, the writer there writes, put, takes a word from the Psalms and puts it on Jesus' mouth and he's, it's Jesus speaking to the Father, saying, here I am and all the children you've given me. <laughs> He's ushering us up. We're adopted into the sonship of Jesus. Now in verse 5, John says that the light shines in the darkness. And here's the first pointer in John's Gospel to the great tragedy of human existence. We, he, in him was the life, and that life was the light for all people but somehow we've ended up in darkness John doesn't hear say how that's been, he's going to spell that out as the gospel goes on darkness has descended upon us later in John 5 um, there are Where is it here? I can't find it there. I think it's also in John 3. Jesus says this. This is the judgment. The lights come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light. So rather than loving God... <laughs> We loved not loving God. The light shines in the darkness. But dark, so darkness has descended upon us. We, all humanity, have lost. We've spurned the light of life. We've cut ourselves off from our destiny and our future by refusing to share in the Son's love with the Father. We chose the way of disobedient self-determination and having lost, that, lost the way, we've lost our sense of who we are. And so we're in darkness. What, what happens when you're dark? I had a friend, I have a friend who's a physio and when she's dealing with older people and so she was speaking at a clergy conference and um, most people there were older than me. I'm still quite young but, <laughs> but she got us all to close our eyes and to stand on one leg. It's actually very hard to stand on one leg with your eyes closed. You, you lose your balance. You lose your sense of where you are. And she said she does that with people who are getting older because doing that is really helpful for when you get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and it's dark and you don't fall over. So to, to, work, to have that balance when you can't see is a really, really helpful thing. But, you know, we've gone into darkness and we're out of balance and we are in grave danger in darkness. And uh, the light shines in the darkness. So here's some good news. It's in verse 5. He says, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. 
that's a good thing about light, isn't it? Darkness doesn't beat light ever, does it? What does that mean? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It means that the darkness has tried to overcome it. You know, in our rebellion against God, our refusing of him, we actually have tried to shut out the light from the world. But God's good purpose for us does remain. Our rejection of him has not meant his rejection of us. That's actually right at the heart of Christmas, isn't it? He is still determined that we will be brought back into the glorious destiny of sharing in the Son's relationship with the Father. But this is going to take something mighty to accomplish. It's not something that we could do and it's not something that we've ever wanted to do. So God himself, with his Son, have acted to open the way for us. They have come seeking us. They have come into the darkness. In verses 6 to 8, John points to the man who was to be the one who was sent to announce the beginning of this new beginning for us. That's John the Baptist, a different John to John who's writing the Gospel. So John the baptizer came and he came to bear witness to the fact that light was coming into the world. That God was coming to bring light back to the world. He, John wasn't the light. He only came to announce that light, that the light was coming. For the true light, which enlightens all people, was coming into the world. As that, that Jesus, who the word who was life, in him was life, and that life is the light for all people. That life and that light is coming into the world. Jesus didn't come to start a new religious movement for people who are interested in that kind of thing. No, he was coming into the world for the irreligious, people who weren't interested in that kind of thing. Now, even the religious who were interested in that kind of thing were actually not interested in life. <laughs> he was coming into the world so that all people could discover again in Jesus the very thing that they'd been made for to share in his relationship with the Father. That's what he was coming into the world for. He didn't come into the world in order to condemn the world, did he? John says that really clearly. John 3, 17, the second, uh, uh, second most wonderful verse, you know, but the one that never gets put on uh, placards at sporting events. John 3, 17, which follows John 3, 16, which is God so loved the world, that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him we might live.
He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, to let the world perish for, re for rejecting the light. But here's this amazing thing that God, in a world in which we've loved darkness rather than light, he sends his light into the world so that the world might find eternal life through believing in the one he sent. I think that's an amazing thing. Like We can get so used to this as Christians, but what a thing that in this world God has sent light when we've loved darkness. And this is eternal life, to know God and to know Jesus, whom he sent. Jesus praised that in John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life that they know you, Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. That's eternal life. In 1224, Jesus says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So what does it mean that light comes into the world with Jesus? Well, it means that the reality of life with God comes into the world. And there's two aspects to this. Firstly, the Son of God becomes human and shows in his humanity just what inclusion in the life of the Father and the Son looks like from the human side. So I've been saying that God has made us to share in Jesus' sonship, but we can't be, we're not going to be God, we're going to be human beings. <laughs> so what does it look like as a human being to share in the sonship of Jesus with the Father? Well, Jesus comes into the world to show us that. Our great forefather Adam blew it and we've all blown it and we've got nothing that we can even begin to imagine what that looks like and then Jesus comes in and shows us what life with the Father is like. In John 14, Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, he says at one point, I don't know if he's being pious or, or what, but he says, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good statement. When Jesus says, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me, he says, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in my Father and my Father is in me. So you see, when we read the Gospels and we hear about the ministry of Jesus, we're actually seeing he's telling us who the Father is, but he is showing us by his life what it is then for us as human beings to be caught up into the sonship of Jesus, the sonship of the eternal Son. That's what it looks like for a human being to belong to the life of the Father. But there's another side to this too. It's a kind of a dark side, or rather an entering darkness side. To rescue us into the light, 
to bring us back into this sonship, Jesus comes not just to show us what a, a real human life can look like, but he comes and enters into our darkness, comes right into our situation to actually bring us out of darkness into life. Our darkness, as I've said, was the outcome of our disobedience, our willfulness, our sin, our determination to be masters of our own destiny. Everything that the life of the Son of the Father, Son with the Father is not. And to rescue us from that darkness, Jesus went into the darkness. When John the Baptist first announced that Jesus was here, you know what he said? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All of our rebellion, all of our self-determination, Jesus takes it away. How does he do that? Jesus took away the sins of the world by carrying them into his own body and bearing the judgment of God on our sins for us. So he shows us what true humanity looks like and then what he does, he says, all that I am as a son of God, you, that I'm going to give that to you to enter into as a, as a son and all that you have been as refusers of that sonship I'm going to take that on to myself. It's called the great exchange. The Son of God entered into darkness so that we who were in darkness could enter into the light of the Son of God. He comes into our darkness. He took on our sins. And he took them completely over. He didn't just kind of do a little patch-up job on the outside. He took on, he took it all over onto himself and he took it away from us. That was the very thing for which the Father had sent him. So here's this extraordinary thing. I think the cross of Jesus is the most extraordinary thing. You've got actually there, you've got Jesus on the cross taking into himself and taking away from us all darkness. And at the very same time, he is all light because he's doing the will of his Father. He loves the Father and will do his will. We sang that song, Not My Will. That's what Jesus was doing, not his own will, but the will of the Father. Isn't that an amazing thing? He's all darkness and he's all light. And the darkness has not overcome it. Light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. And he said, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons and daughters of light. So here's this thing today. If, you've, if you have recognised that Jesus is the light come into the world, you could believe in him and you would be given entrance into light. You would become sons or daughters of light. 
you would actually come into, through believing in Jesus, you would come to share in the light of his life. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Wonderful thing. So if you've never done that, today would be a great thing. You may, you may think that will turn my world upside down. Yes, but your world's been pretty upside down till now. It's not been what it should be. In him was life, and that light was what you were made for. That life is what you were made for. So uh, believe in him. Let me pray. Light of the world, you step down into darkness and through the shedding of your blood and your mighty resurrection, you have let light shine into us. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, that as we who have received your light and are now shine as lights in a dark world that we may be able to point people to you that people may find in you the life of love in God so please uh, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit convince us deeply that we are in life your life let us live by that life and let us tell of that life. Amen.